Welcome to my so-called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works, each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. So one of the things that Marcel and I kind of hit on when we first started even talking about this, this podcast, is the concept of, you know, day jobs and freelance jobs. And um, I wanted to specifically bring to light things that pull people away from the day job and into being their own boss and using their craft for money. Right. (laughs) Um, Or using some other talent that's either related or not. A lot of times it is related. Right. And, And you had a similar, like... Concept, but like just from a different perspective, I feel like right. Right. I think where we, I think where we disagree sometimes, you know, which is an interesting spot because, like, you, I, as far as I understand it, you are of the opinion that, um, like, singers don't have to have a day job, or should at least be able to get to a point where they don't feel like they have to have one. Yeah. So when I first, yes, kind of. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think as you get older, like this is always the case, but I. I never had the an office job and I sort of looked down on it especially because my feeling was that a lot of the a lot of the people that are doing that job are not really thinking that hard about their future. My problem with it is that you work a 9 to 5, you hate your job, but you need you feel like you need it to survive, but then you don't have then you're spending your time singing for free and like sort of spending your money, all your extra money on another career, but you're not really putting that career as a priority or you're not, and you're not like taking it in your own hands. Like you're letting, you're just going to whatever yap auditions, you know, and this is a general, like, obviously this is, I've sort of come to realize that this is not maybe true for everyone. Right. Um, but I just met a lot of people that were great singers um, that were singing for free at these companies, and I would try to get to know them, but there was this sort of stigma around it all, where when you start to ask them, like, beyond what we're doing right now, what are you doing, you know? Not like, oh, why are you singing? And, like, not in a judgmental way, but me being super curious about other people's lives and trying to, like, find out how to make it work for me and seeing these people that were great singers and doing it all and... And then I would say, well, yeah, so what do you, you know, what do you want to do? And they'd, and you would just see them sort of shut down or sort of turn off or sort of get mm-hmm. embarrassed or shame right. around like, oh, I have this, you know, I work at this company and, and like they work their nine to five. And I didn't really see like what they were doing to take ownership of their career. And I felt like they didn't really understand that they could do that. Yeah, like, I've been that person that's shut down when somebody's asked me that question because it would make me ask myself, yeah, what am I doing? Right. I mean, we all have those <laughs> moments and probably me being like, hey, what do you guys see? You know, like, yeah. And then everyone's like, Elise, shut up. Right. <laughs> right. 
it sometimes it becomes personal, but for me, like, and part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is like, let's stop pretending and let's stop like the bullshit of like social media posts like, oh, I'm so happy to be singing here. And then like, you're and really- you are sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you are. Yeah, yeah, of course. Then you're like actually talking to the singers backstage. And we've had this conversation too, like singing in a chorus or doing something for free and like everyone like griping about it, but then posting online, like I'm so happy and thrilled. And it's just like, let's like cut the bullshit. Like I did a, I did a, like a show in New York. I like, I always use this example. I did a show in New York where I, and I was happy to do it. You know, I got asked at the last second to do it and I didn't get paid. Then I had to bring the reception food and drink. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. And people paid money for that stuff. and That you donated. That I donated. And like people were kind of like, some people were like, oh, you know, it's a dollar, it's a dollar. It was all, it's all donation. Like, it's not real. It's not really going to cost you a dollar. Like, you can take it if you want. But I just, like, in my head was, like, wanted to be like, you will pay a dollar or whatever the fuck I tell you to pay. Because I brought that. Right. <laughs> and, like, in a way, it's like, you're, I'm, I do a lot of those things so that these companies can, like, get their, get themselves up and, like, Hurry up and start paying as soon as you can. Like, sure, if this is going to help, you know, offset some costs, like, I'll give you a $10 bottle of wine, you know? But it's like, also, like, I'm not going to lie to the patrons, and we shouldn't feel bad about it. Like, we should be able to say, like, we love this career. This is the reality that I need to be in these things that don't pay me so that I can get experience and I can meet people and network and I can eventually hopefully get right somewhere that does right pay me, you right know? right because I think I mean on one level like I that and this is a different conversation like the patrons don't even realize realize half the time that like singer the singers don't get paid that they're volunteering their time even if they're paying a ticket right like even I've definitely worked for companies where oh yeah everyone's volunteer but the person who runs the company because they they charge for tickets and then they just take all the money from the tickets and the, and they, but the singers don't get paid. Right. And they, you know, spend it. Some, some things take more money, I think, than people realize. And, and I just want singers and patrons, but especially singers, to, like, not feel bad about it. Like, don't feel bad about your day job. Like, don't feel bad about not getting paid. Like, everyone's doing it. You're not alone. Right. You don't need to, like, feel shame and shut down. Like, of course, it's a human instinct, but, like, right. let's let's talk about it. Like, let's not feel bad and, like, right. because it just makes everybody feel alone in this mm -hmm. or feel like the next person's more successful than that. It's right. not true. Right. No, I, I totally agree. I tend to be an optimist, you know, so even when I was working, like, three non-music-related day jobs at the same time, <laughs> if when I was in big-picture mode, like, I could see how I was gaining skills from those jobs that would serve me in my singing career when I could finally, mm -hmm. like, step away from them. But in the day-to-day, -day, it's really easy to to forget that when you're when you're in that grind and you're up at 5 in the morning and you're not getting home until 8 o'clock at night and, like, every day is just the same loop over and over and over again, it's, it's hard to see those benefits and to remind yourself that, like, this is a short-term thing. Yeah. You know, and I think that, too, is where the shame stems from I think we you know because I think there were a lot of times where I would feel like you know I'd see family members at 
Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and every time they'd ask me the same question and I felt like, you know, two years running, I was still answering the question the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still working these three day jobs and I'm singing for free at night and I'm exhausted and I'm working this rat race, but somehow I have to spin it to them where it sounds like I'm doing something important. Um, yeah, I mean, that's so true. I said to my mom, cause my mom, she wants me to be successful in whatever way that is, but... Um, so I can tell her anything, um, but I was, like, just telling her, like, my whole family, like, will they ever think that I have succeeded? Will there ever be a point when they will say, she has a great career and she's, she's successful? Mm-hmm. Because unless I'm singing somewhere that they can see how, like, great it is, and even, like, because of my honesty... Sometimes they know even if something looks great, it's not not necessarily great. Right. Will there ever be a moment when they're like, she made it, you know? And like some, like, especially around singing and acting, like there's this concept of like making it or not making it. And Mm -hmm. it's not really the case, you know, you have a job and then you don't, you know? Right. Well, and and I think... You know, I think this is where the, you know, a a job in in a creative field is so different from any other field in a lot of ways, you know, because there is no, you know, like, oh yeah, now I'm a tenured professor and I'm, Mm -hmm. I've done the thing and I've, I'm set for life or, you know, now I'm, now I'm an account manager and now I'm going to have a pension and now I'm going to have a whatever in a 401k and so like, I've made it. With the creative field, it's so there's it's so non-linear and I think that's why it's really important for you you know to kind of think about some of the stuff we said in the last episode in terms of like goal setting Mm -hmm. you it's so important to do that work for yourself it's human nature to want to look for approval from the people around us and from the people that we care about but I think to be successful in this career it's so important to know what success and what making it looks like to you Mm -hmm. and and to also understand that like what that looks like to you might change over time right you know like this career requires a certain amount of flexibility and adaptability and also just like toughness Mm -hmm. that most people don't need to have in their right in their job life this career has the difficulty of added to it like the fact that we're we're in this field often because we it resonates with us on a personal level Mm -hmm. that makes it really hard to separate yourself from your work yeah too because the work we do means so much to us yeah and it's our our bodies right you know our instruments are our bodies so there's this personal element to it that you know someone who has a really successful career in banking or insurance or whatever it's no reflection on them like personally right like I think like my my partner he works in IT and he loves the work that he does like he he loves the mental engagement and the stimulus of it but as far as I've talked to him at least like he's never said to me that like his personhood is tied up in the work that he does Mm -hmm. you know where I feel like out of all the lists of identifiers of myself as a person musician is always at the top of that list before female before you know whatever my sexual orientation is like musician is the first label i use yeah you know so that adds a level of complexity 
Yeah, well, it's a, and, and I mean, it makes sense because music is like the way we express. So now it's our job to express. That's the way you communicate with people. That's the way we, we choose to communicate with people is through music. Like, right. whether or not they realize it or not, you know, right. we've chosen that. So, like, that's how we identify ourselves. It makes perfect sense. Right. And I don't know if, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure this is true for you, but I feel like it's the way I most fully communicate with people. Yeah. It's the only clear, right. clear way we know how. Right. Right. <laughs> when I sing, I feel like. I'm actually saying everything I want to say with all the nuance I want to say. Right. You know, the reality is even someone with a robust regional career in the United States, it's more often the case that it is not enough to pay you a living wage. Mm -hmm. So you need to still have a parallel career. Yeah. Most of the the singers that I know that I'm friends with that are singing mm-hmm. around the country almost nonstop still have a day job that they do that correlates with their singing career because they're still not like it, right. the the money they're making from the opera world it's not enough right. to live off of and that's what I feel like circling back to the day job thing that you know smart singers that want to continue and grow and and make this career work will start to think more and more about how they can make parallel choices whether that be you know doing a blog and like growing it to make money or you know i know people doing antiquing and furniture and in the jewelry where they use their travel to right. do that they can do their online business you know even people like master classes you could start doing master classes and getting paid. Like, right. there are so many things, and that's what I want. Right. Singers well, I mean, to try. And to there are lots of singers I know who have, you know, are still singing, but also are adminning at their local arts and like their arts organizations, the local arts orchestra, or whatever the case may be. I know, you know, like Matt Mazano, who we featured on the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a librarian. Right. You and know, he's used that to his advantage as well. Right. He's used it to his advantage. Singing and doing um, drag stories and performing in the libraries. Right. From my perspective, like, I, I have worked a bunch of office jobs. So I kind of came to singing the uh, a little backwards, right? right, and realizing that I'm not happy unless there's music in my life. You know, and then in the process of making this job work, have worked continued to work in the jewelry industry so that I could pay my rent until my singing got to a place where I could make enough money off of it. I was a, you know, honestly a part-time office manager for like a small jewelry shop um, here in the city. And that was a great job for me. I had so many opportunities to practice my graphic design skills and my customer service skills and how to write emails really well and, and be efficient with my office time. And, you know, but that didn't pay my health insurance. So I had to work at Starbucks too. Singers take note. Some of these companies, these big corporate companies, Starbucks at the time that I was working there, I don't know if this is still the case, but I only had to work 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week is not a lot of time. And I worked in a busy enough shop that the tips that we made on a weekly basis were enough to pay for my voice lessons. I wasn't making a lot out of the paycheck. The tips were enough to pay for my voice lessons and the health benefits were so worth it. I had full comprehensive comprehensive coverage because I couldn't afford any of the plans on the market. Mm-hmm. But, you know, banking is a great nine to five to think about because you're only there at nine to five. Right. Um, you get all your holidays. and You get your holidays. Your weekends are almost always going to be free Saturdays. You're 
working till noon right. or two o'clock. Some banks are open a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but those are part-time jobs that have benefits that, you know, help, you know, with your customer service skills and things. Yeah. Um, so there are ways to make the day job work yeah. in a way that are, is going to help, help your skills as a working right. singer too. And that's what I've sort of started to learn more is that the grass is always greener, right? So now that I'm, you know, sort of diversified into voiceover and teaching and performing, um, sometimes I wake up and I think, God, it would just be easier easier for me to just wake up and go to an office job and be done at four or so and right. be able to leave it, you know? Right. No, I don't, I don't really want to do that. But, like, I do see that sometimes, like, maybe that is more suitable lifestyle for someone. Or or even in it might be better pay. You might. I mean, I do work a lot for the amount of money I make. Right. I would make more, and I would be more steady. Right. It would be more steady. Well, and I think too, like you have to know yourself. Like I know just for myself, like I'm excited by a little bit of insecurity in my life. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't frighten me. Right. Um, if anything, like it, it motivates me. Um, where and then if I'm in like a super stable place for a really long time I get really itchy to get out Mm -hmm. like I need like change is something like for more for my personality I need things to be changing and different and and very and varied but other people are the opposite like they don't thrive in that kind of situation like you may be a person who needs some stability so that you can then not be stressed out and anxious but then actually put your extra energy towards your singing career yeah you know the constant hustling is not for everybody right you know, and even even for myself, with my love of change and different stuff, like, I get burnt out. Right. Sometimes I need some stability for right. a short period of time so I can feel grounded and not just feel exhausted all the time. Yeah. So let's just quickly maybe talk about, like, our evolution of jobs yeah and what we do now yeah so the evolution of my jobs has been I graduated my master's really when I graduated was when I needed to get a job um make more money so I um I moved to a new place I worked at Panera got a job at Panera and I um started teaching um private lessons that took obviously time to build up. So cut to, I had a lot more students and the Panera thing was, I knew that when I had enough students, it was over. So I stopped doing that and um, was teaching. I got up to like 40 or 50 students a week and I was just noticing that I wasn't motivated to practice as much. Mm-hmm. I was auditioning, but it would like, it would take so much. It would be my whole day, like, and then I would still teach and stuff. And I just knew I had to, well, I didn't want to live that lifestyle exactly. I didn't want to just, like, have so many students. And and also these students, right, the, so the con of having students is you have your evenings taken up. Right. So I started, well, I took it, I was able to actually take a year off where I significantly cut down my students I started doing more like master classes and stuff. I started doing Skype lessons and I did a lot of singing and I, I lived with family so I wasn't didn't have to worry about as many bills. 
And then I started working on voiceover mm -hmm. and started incorporating that. After like a year, I was able to move move out. I had the voiceover and the students and the and then I also added some additional like teaching online. And that's, that's where I am now, pretty much. Voiceover, teaching, both in person and online. And then from my places that I've lived, I tried to like keep myself in there by just going back for master classes or going back for little lessons, you know. I went I went back actually quite frequently to the place I first started teaching and I still do to teach those students some and just offer them whatever I can. That particular area is a rural area, so they don't have as much opportunity, so it's a win-win, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. Interesting. Yeah, so for me, I started out of high school. Um, I had an opportunity to, you know, with the help of my parents, of course, to um, take over an, a, an existing jewelry business that I rebranded and then worked in for four or five years, I think, somewhere around there. And at the same time was still just like singing in my church choir and was doing community theater. I started doing more community theater towards the towards the end of that run of the of the jewelry business. And when the economy downturned in uh, 2007 through 2009, like the business really started to fall off. And I, I had had a really strong online presence with that store, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and when the online stuff really just kind of dried up. I wasn't really making money at that point, and so I realized that I wanted to go to school. So I auditioned for music school and closed the jewelry business. The school where I went had given me a pretty good scholarship, and I really didn't want to take out loans. So they paid like 85% of the tuition, and then I worked through school. I had some students, but was still working um, in the jewelry business for another retailer. So I had an office job like mm -hmm. while I was in school. Until I built my students up enough to be enough money to cover my what tuition I needed to pay every semester. So at that point, I cut that office job out, was teaching in school. Halfway through school, I was married at that the time, and um, it was an abusive relationship. And so halfway through, I knew I needed to get out. And also that I was at a music school that didn't have a lot of opportunities for someone who was pursuing opera. So I um, worked to transfer out to a bigger university that would have more singing opportunities. And it was also kind of a perfect juncture to step away from the community that really, really wanted me to stay with this abusive person. Mm -hmm. So um, moved away to go to school and then got into like orientation for the new school and they kind of sold me the moon. And then when it came down to the reality of it, were not able to offer me the scholarship that they said they were going to. I was going to have to take more classes than they initially said because of the way that their requirements worked out. And it was going to set my degree back another year. And I was already a 25-year-old mm -hmm. undergraduate. Mm -hmm. And the teacher that I was moving to work with left. I was in a situation now where it was like, do I take out a bunch of loans to try to go to school, but I still need to pay my rent. And with the class schedule, like I couldn't work enough to cover my expenses. Yeah. So I dropped out, got a job at a jewelry store in my new city and was working, you know, crazy hours and trying to just do lessons and stuff, like take lessons for myself 
that was a rough time because I was in mm. full-on retail and it didn't really leave me a lot of time to sing at all. Yeah. And you know, like a huge change. Huge Just change in my huge life. Huge change. Yeah. Huge change in my life. New city, no support system, no friends. You know, eating lots of ramen until I... And you couldn't do the thing you came to do. Right. Fast forward a few months, you know, the divorce goes through. I meet a new partner who is now my current spouse. I got fired from my... <laughs> From my job, <laughs> for reasons that still make no sense to me, but that's another story. Um, so I then suddenly had to scramble uh, to find work. I was unemployed for like three months. That was when I got a job at Starbucks so I could have health insurance. And I got a job at another jeweler doing the part-time office work and auditioned for a church job. Because mm. where I grew up, church jobs didn't exist. So I didn't know that was even an option. Like, wait, you know, there's churches that pay people to sing? You're like, um, that sounds like it's perfect for me. Right, because, like, as I was in that other job, I was realizing, like, how much my, I was, like, hated not being able to make music. I hated it so much. I was so unhappy there. So, like, getting fired was, like, the best thing that ever happened. Started working all these jobs, got a church job, started auditioning for small opera companies. You know, that didn't pay much, but I was singing again, which mm-hmm. was so fulfilling to me. Worked both of those jobs for a while. Moved in with my partner, which significantly helped in terms of having more resources and not having as as many bills to pay or as much of a bill to pay because we could split the costs. Then started to build a studio on my own. Got hooked up and then with the music school where I currently teach um, and then started getting enough students there that I could stop working the office job. I then built up my church work enough that I could cut out Starbucks um, and then got married and my husband could then provide health insurance. (laughs) So then that really allowed me to cut Starbucks out. But now I'm just teaching and have my church jobs, and I help run the chapter of Opera on Tap, but that doesn't pay Mm -hmm. at all. And then whatever singing gigs I get. Yeah, the evolution. You know, you're going to do a lot of random things to make ends meet. But in the long run, I think, you know, if I look back over the last seven years, you know, all those things helped me, you know, and even if I can't point to a like skill that a job gave me, I can definitely point to a thing that I learned about myself Mm -hmm. in that situation. Like that very first jewelry job that I had here, I did make some friends there that are still my friends to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, One of whom actually hooked me up with my partner. Mm -hmm. Um, So like that was a good thing that came out of that. But that job, out of anything, taught me that music was where my heart was Mm -hmm. and that I needed to be really focused on making that work. And I had to find ways to make that work because working in a non-music related field was not where I was happy, you know, or felt fulfilled and like it was detrimental to my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, if anything, like these stories that you hear just show you that every story is different. Right. And I think you know, we hope on this podcast to be, to give you, you know, ideas, actual ideas that, that spur you into just feeling better about, about your job, about this career, about the future of opera and everything. Right. Um, right. So, and also to like, right, there's trial and error. Right. There is. And you know, every, every person that I, you know, that I meet that opens up, that's, you know, that's able to open up about their, their life's, thus far it's always different and it's always like 
these different situations of maybe not always being where they want to be, of course, but, but always looking towards what that is. Right. And, and recognizing too, that like everyone has a different level of support from their family Mm -hmm. you know, whether they have a partner or not that can help them, you know? And so that like vastly changes that landscape from person to person, which is why this notion of there's one true way to be a singer is just, is just ridiculous, especially in the, in the current state of the industry in the United States. Like, it's different for everyone. Yeah. You know, I think a, a little more honesty about what our life actually looks like um, and, you know, where the mistakes are being made and the things we learn about ourselves in the process, some transparency about that is going to help everyone in the long run. Yeah. You know, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take the pressure off, you know. So hear, hear us say this. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to be doing all the things all the time to a perfect level right from the beginning because you, you can't. We're all growing and changing and who you are today is not who you're going to be in five years right i'm a vastly different person now from who i was when i moved here and i personally think that the person that i am today is someone who is who is more secure in knowing who they are and what they want to do and i know that there are still some rocks in my stream (laughs) of self and that i need to clear out so that i can be the most authentic free version of myself um you know but that's a process and that's a long process this this career is a marathon it is not a sprint right you know whatever you're doing you're not the only one you're not the only one in your whatever job you're in that also loves music and is trying to be a singer you're not the only one with a day job you're not the only one freelancing or living paycheck to paycheck or taking gigs that don't pay or you know you're not alone so don't don't feel like shame around that and just right and those those things don't make you less of an artist right or less of a singer or or even less serious about your career right oh yeah somebody i saw something on the internet this week that has resonated with me saying somebody had said how they were feeling not adequate and how they were feeling like they were never going to meet the expectations of the career and this is somebody in the young artist circuit and doing very well for themselves for quite some time and you know it was interesting to read that and recognize that we're all have doubts no matter where we are you know and this is somebody that I looked to and I was like oh I wish I had this person's life they're doing what I wish I, I, I was doing right now and I'm not there yet and I and I don't How ha- many singers think that every day? Right, right. And so one somebody um, had commented and said, you know, just try to remember in these difficult moments that there's always someone behind you looking up to where you are. You know? You're always looking to the people ahead of you and being like, I wanna be <laughs> where they are. But don't forget that there are people behind you looking at where you are where and, you and are. wishing where where you are too. And and when you're struggling with doubts, that's maybe not a terribly helpful thing, right. but it can be helpful to remember. And I think like when we get stuck in our own heads, the best thing we can do for ourselves is to reach our hand out to someone else, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really what we hope this podcast to be, Yeah, is our hand reaching out to all of you who are out there doing the hustle, trying to do the day to day and figure out how to make this work and say like, you're not alone. Don't be ashamed. We're all in this together, um, and let's help each other out. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is inspired by all the opera singers out there getting shit done. So keep on keeping on, people. 
And don't forget to keep us posted on all your so-called opera life moments by using the hashtag MySoCalledOperaLife. See ya! See ya.